You're listening to a Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Arma Energy, presented by Fly Racing, W Wheels, Bill's Pipes, Just One Helmets, X-Brand Goggles, Shades of Grey Custom Helmet Painting, Rhino Power Sports Supplements, Roy Borton Suspension, Watts Perfections, and Golden Tire. Simply the best, motocross and supercross news from around the globe. And now, here's your host, Brad Gephardt. Brown goggles, W wheels, Bill's pipes, and just one helmets. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, but with us on the line, we've got none other than Johnny Casebeer of Motul, home of the Slacker Digital Slag Scale. Johnny, how's it going this afternoon? Oh, I'm doing good. You know, I'm just kind of trying to take care of business and get ready for the weekend so I can go do some motos. Perfect. I think that's what we're all working for. I, I believe there's a, a good Canadian band that uh, coined the phrase, we're all working for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with this. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, well, you are the uh, the president and owner of Motul, uh, and um, it's uh, a company that's kind of come onto the, the scene just in the last little bit here with a really exciting product. But before we get into that, I wanted to get a little bit of background on uh, your story in the world of motocross. You mentioned that you're going riding this weekend. Where did that all start for you? Where did uh, you first get bitten by the bug? And uh, fortunately for you, it's never gone away. Yeah, you know, honestly, uh, I got an XR75 in like 1979. I used to just put around in the woods. Uh, with it, but, you know, one day I got a, I think it was a motocross action magazine, and I saw that 1981 uh, TR250R Elsinore, and that was like the first single shock water-cooled motocross bike at the time. So, uh, you know, I fell in love with that thing, and uh, I, I probably bugged my dad for a year, and finally, after a year of, of hard begging, uh, he finally broke down and decided to get it to me. And then I, I got it for, I think it was my 11th or 12th birthday. And then uh, from there, you know, we went down to a local track down at uh, Canyon Raceway down in Phoenix and, uh, you know, got into the motocross scene. And from there, we kind of, you know, all the way through high school and stuff, we raced like, uh, oh, we did a lot of local stuff. We raced, uh, you know, at Saddleback in the day, Indian Dunes, some of that stuff in Southern California. And then, uh, you know, we also did uh, the Ponca City Nationals, and uh, I think in 85, and, and that same year we did uh, the Gary Bailey Motocross School. David Bailey was actually one of, one of my big heroes when I was a kid, so it was really amazing, you know, riding, riding with him. 
That's incredible. Uh, and of course, yeah, you're, you're, a, you're a Phoenix, Arizona guy. And it's incredible to think of uh, what the landscape of Canyon Raceway looked like uh, back then as to what it does now. Uh, it's a track that's been there for uh, over over 30 years. Uh, what was that track like? What was the uh, the motocross scene like uh, in the, the, the mid to uh, 80s? And, and I'm sure, of course, you, you're somebody who's really seen this this tr- sport go from, uh, from grassroots to uh, the stadiums. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was really good in the eighty brands. So we used to race with like uh, Jimmy Button, uh, Robbie Naughton, uh, you know, Damon Bradshaw. A lot of those guys. They were always faster than me. Um, I was I was never on the path to go pro. It was just something we loved doing. Uh, but yep. the scene was really good. You know, Canyon. The, the starting gate was actually up at the top of the hill. Uh, I guess kind of where people enter the tractor and practice up there. You can see the old pad up there, and then that. Uh, you know, it, it probably didn't have as big a hit then, but it had the suicide hill where you'd jump off the top of that hill, uh, you know, air out down that. It had a little bit more going on down at the bottom of the hill in the riverbed there. Um, and always super fun. I can actually remember that whole track still. And I think the last time I rode that track uh, in the 80s was like the, the year I graduated from high school. It was probably like 86 or something was the you know, the, the last time I can remember riding it in that format. Well, actually, it's, it's amazing to see the the way the tracks progress, the bikes progress, uh, the whole sport has progressed forward, and uh, um, it, it never stops. Um, as far as uh, your involvement in the sport, uh, you mentioned that you weren't on the the path to uh, Supercross stardom, and I, I I I echo that same sentiment because I was never able to uh, match those same speeds. But uh, how did you stay involved in the sport going forward and uh, rekindling that passion year after year? Yeah, you know, honestly, I've I've always been a fan. When I graduated in 86, I actually went to uh, <clears throat> technical school for uh, computer electronics. And uh, I basically, I just had to drop it at that point because I couldn't afford to do school and get the bikes. Um, so, you know, I, I always watched uh, Supercross and Motocross. I've been a big fan all along. But I actually, I didn't ride for quite a few years. I actually played in bands for a long time. It was, a, you know, it was a cheap and fun thing for me to do on the side, aside from my work and stuff. So, you know, basically I built, uh, I ended up running my own IT business and stuff on the work end of things, Um, did bands and stuff for just about 20 years. I played in a lot of punk and hardcore bands. We played a lot of, you know, dives. There was a lot of shenanigans and, and we had a great time. But, you know, when I got tired of that and I was out of shape and over 40 years old, I just decided, you know, how am I going to get some exercise? And I was like, well, the only thing that's fun enough to get me off my app and, and do something is motocross. So, you know, in 2012, I actually got a, uh, uh, one of the YZ 450 with that reverse, reverse, uh, cylinder head. And okay, yep. I had to actually, and this ties a little bit into the product too. You know, I had a lot of problems getting that bike to turn it, had the, the weight bias was just off on that bike. And I couldn't figure out if it was me or the bike, and it was a big adjustment because I grew up on two-stroke, so the four-stroke 450 was a big adjustment for me. No kidding. Um, uh, you went from a two-stroke carbureted steel frame to an aluminum frame, backwards engine, uh, electric fuel injection, four-stroke. Yeah. Yeah, that's some changes right there. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I would land off the jumps and almost go over the bars because the compression braking and that. Uh, you know, I, I was a little awkward. I still had a lot of the uh, muscle memory and stuff from the day. Uh, but, 
you know, that that's kind of what led me into into doing Slacker. Is I I had so many problems getting that bike to turn that the ultimate solution to make the story short was to relocate the uh, motor two and a half millimeters forward with one of those VRD kits. Yeah. And uh, you know, and then I got the front tire planted, the fork had dive going into the turn, and then I was on my way. And you know, but the bike was still pretty picky about your your sag. Um, and I always found myself stuck by myself, not being able to do that adjustment. And, you know, I'm, I'm not like young and fast. I'm kind of old and, and lazy. So I like a good ride. If my bike setup's not good, I won't get in as many laps and have as much fun. So uh, I just kind of got obsessed with it. And, uh, you know, and that, that was kind of my introduction back into motocross, you know. Absolutely, and uh, I think uh, many of those who are both listening to this all around the world uh, would agree that uh, we're all slackers to a point, and uh, um, more often than not, forget to check sag, forget to, uh, to to check things like air pressure and whatnot. Uh, but if there was a, a tool or uh, a device that uh, you could use that was really easy, you could use it yourself, you don't need someone to either hold a measuring tape or, or something like that, uh, you'd be able to make those adjustments and not only be safer on the bike, but uh, take control of your ride yeah yeah absolutely i think that's kind of key i think you know uh a lot of people get lazy about it i find some people don't you know know they need to do it or a lot of people measure it wrong so uh you know i was no suspension expert uh in 2012 when i invented my you know built my first prototype but uh you know through the last few years i've worked with companies like pro circuit factory connection uh, mike batista and mb1 has been real helpful and uh you know, I was able to come up with a system that actually allows you to just, you don't have to know anything. You just put it on like the user guide says, take a measurement, twist your spring, and you're good to go, you know. And I honestly, I get caught where my bike is being fidgety, and uh, I'll do clickers for two hours, and then my friend will look at me like, did you check your sag? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I didn't, and I'll check my sag, and it's off, and I get it right, and I put all the clickers back where I started two hours ago, and everything's good again, you know. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, so as far as like the, the, the Slacker digital sag scale um, use has use for both the front and uh, rear suspension on the bike, but predominantly uh, getting that sag correct for uh, the, the rear the rear suspension, allowing you to, to dial it dial it in and uh, so that you're basically you're safer on the bike and it, that bike's going to handle better for you. Um, so as far as the, the, the number of on the sag, what, uh, w- what's your rule of thumb? What, what number are you looking for? Oh, uh, you know, in the rear for pretty much any motocross, but even, even with my pros, I, you know, I, I stick about one Oh five right in that zone. Um, okay. you know, I know Jimmy Dakota's even on Supercross runs one Oh five. He runs it really stiff, but he runs it at one Oh five. Um, oh, I you know, know he rides it stiff. He's ridden one of my bikes, and he's stiffened that thing right up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I've got a good sixty pounds on that guy, and it's, his is too stiff for me, honestly. So, uh, you know that that's really a good rule of thumb. Like for off road, I might roll it out to like one ten. You know, on a really tight track, I might try to go to a hundred and see if I could get it to turn a little bit better. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I think one hundred five is a good setting. You know, and in the front, a lot of people think it's kind of weird to measure sag in the front. But honestly, you know, with the new generation like the SFF tack and the PSF force, it's adjustable. So why wouldn't you? You know, it's that the old static spring forks weren't adjustable, so I'd see why you wouldn't want to measure them because you wouldn't want to have to pull them apart and put springs in them. 
But, uh, you know, I tend to set them right about 65 millimeters as a baseline, and that usually gets you right in the zone rather than chasing air pressures all day. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the, the development of the slacker right after these messages from Bill's Pipes and W Wheels. Hey, this is Jared Stuyke, and we're going to commercial. We'll be right back. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You too can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable, sweat-absorbing liner, and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with Oats and Bran. Oats and Bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. When it comes to helmets, there is just one. The helmet brand that is. Just One Helmets is tailor-made for motocross and street bike riding, and now available in North America. Who chooses Just One? Well, for starters, Tim Geiser, winner of the Italian round in MX2, David Philipparts, Vicky Golden, Trevor Reese, as well as David Pulley. And you know what? So do I. I choose Just One Helmets because they're simply the safest, lightest, and most comfortable lid available. Want to know more about Just One Helmets? Check them out on the web at www.justonehelmets.com. Find out about the J12 the J32, and all of the colorways that are absolutely blow your socks off. So guys, please head over to www.justonehelmets.com today. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. The 2014 X-Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter X, Volcano, and Phantom Goggle, X-Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X-Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear-offs, zip-off systems, nose guard, and more. Check out eksbrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. 
all of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys who are building wheels for Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, if they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. What's up, guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist. Suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown full rebuild on your forks or, or shock. Call up Roy Borton today at 204-633-2722. Bill's Pipes, the home of legendary performance. Since 1974, Bill's Pipes has been providing motocross and off-road riders the performance they need. Two-stroke or four-stroke, Bill's Pipes has the exhaust system for you. In recent years, we've seen a resurgence of the Bill's Pipes brand, and that's great news. And that's great news for motocross racers everywhere. For four-strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to dominate the fight on any brand. For you two-stroke guys, the MX2 Bill's Pipes exhaust system is the right one for the job and comes in works, nickel, and the all-new cone look finish that'll turn heads all day long. Head to BillsPipes.com right now and get the same pipe used by Billy Lidinovich, Vicky Golden, the JMR Suzuki team, Jesse Pierce, Nico Izzy, and David Cole. Bill's Pipes is craftsmanship at its finest. So go with Bill's Pipes and never settle. And we're back, Big MX Radio Podcast Show, still on the line with Johnny Casebeer of Motul and the home of the Slacker Digital SAG Scale. Uh, Johnny, as far as product development, um, what, what, what was the first prototype look like and how does it differ from what you have now? Well, you know, when I first uh, developed this, uh, I started out with a couple of... Uh, but my initial thought was to have just a single box that you could stick on the axle that would take the measurement. So my first two prototypes were actually, I, I made an ultrasonic one, and then I also made a uh, laser one, and they're both based off of an Arduino uh, open-source hardware platform. So the issues I had with them, though, the ultrasonic got uh, 
had a lot of issues with interference from noise, and then the laser actually in the daylight had light interference. And then the other issue I had with them is as you compress the suspension and that uh, axle rotates, you couldn't keep it pointed at a fixed point, so you really didn't have good reference points. You know, it okay. tended, you know, it would it would basically rotate with that. So the, both those were huge failures. I tried one you know, a mechanical scale, which was similar to the ones on the market, but it actually had a uh, linear encoder that would take the measurement, but it had problems with binding, and uh, it just wasn't accurate, and it was hard to get the right attachments on the bike. So, you know, I, I thought I was completely defeated one night after testing that one, and I sat on the couch for about two hours, and then I just realized if I just hung a bar with a linear encoder, you know, from a string and let gravity do its thing, that maybe that was the solution. So I basically just had a box that went on the uh, axle, and then I had a painter's clip with a string that had a bar on it. And what it would do is as the suspension compressed, the bar would go up and down through the box on the axle, and it would give me the measurement. It didn't bind. It didn't have the aspects like the mechanical one. The reference point stayed fixed. Uh, so once once I figured that out, I I knew it was on. Perfect, and that and that allowed you to uh, have uh, an accurate measurement every single time. Yeah, you know, and I've still got it. It's a funny looking thing with a carved out plastic box from Radio Shack, and the controller is in a uh, a cardboard box that's hardwired to that. Yeah. Um, but it, it still works, and it's still accurate. And you know, from there, I took it to some engineers. Uh, that were able to take it, and rather than the linear encoder, they, they converted it over to the uh, rotary encoder with a retractable cable. And since we're just measuring the slack in the cable, that's why I kind of came up with the name Slacker. There you go. Yeah, it's uh, it works well, and it works well for all of us slackers who uh, who don't check it uh, nearly enough. And like, and it, it doesn't even get like most guys will they'll, they'll check it at the beginning of the year, or they'll buy their bike, or they'll get their suspension dialed, they set their sag, and they never touch that again. I myself uh, just recently went from uh, went down twenty five pounds in my body weight, so uh, and like that's a significant amount, uh, but. It, it, Everyone needs to be checking this uh, just about every time you go ride, if not uh, every few times that you go ride, because A, uh, the suspension can adjust itself on its own, it'll back itself out a little bit, as well as uh, if you're riding on a regular basis, uh, you might lose a few pounds and then your sag is is, is, is out a few uh, mils here or there. So uh, always something you want to continuously be checking, and when you have something as simple as a slacker to use, uh, like, you, like I said, you can do it yourself, and it takes not, no time at all. Yeah, yeah, no excuses, and I do, you know, all, all my pro riders, honestly, they check it before every ride. They check it every moto, every practice. Um, I check it at least every other ride. I've had it change on me uh, over the course of two or three days on, on a suspension that's broken in. So it does tend to change your body weight. It can be a big issue, and, I mean, it could be a matter of that you drank an extra gallon of water that morning and you're eight pounds heavier, you know? There you go. Um, now, like, what was the reaction to the uh, the product when you first introduced it to riders, uh, first guys that you wanted to uh, kind of develop it with and and kind of uh, give it give it a test run? Um, what were the reactions to it, and uh, who were some of those first riders that uh, you had tried out? Oh, you know, the, the, all along this, even even just a couple weeks ago, out at the AIM Expo, the your action going is really positive. People get really excited about the product. Uh, 
you know, even back in the day when it was a cardboard box, I could have sold like 10 the first time I showed it. So, uh, you know, the, the first uh, actual, you know, I worked with my, uh, my friend uh, Kenny Preston and his kids out here, uh, Parker and Garrett Osler, and, uh, you know, they were the first ones really to work with me and kind of through the development of it. And then once I got an actual working prototype, I, I actually uh, started working with Jimmy Dakota. And he was the first pro, actually, to start using the tool. And, uh, you know, he he loved it. He actually, when, when I went to send him a production unit and I had emailed him and told him I was going to send the new one out and he needed to send my prototype back, uh, he actually, you know, his girlfriend, Jamie Rootley, just immediately emailed me and, and was worried about what he was going to do without his slacker. <laughs> and I guess he just missed the part that I was sending a new one and then he could send the old one back. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Jamie's always staying on top of uh, all things Jimmy Dakotas, uh, and uh, yeah, it's good to hear that uh, Jimmy was uh, a guy that uh, was um, developing the thing with you right in around the time that uh, he had come up to uh, Manitoba to uh, to ride a few uh, a couple of rounds on my KX two fifty two stroke, which uh, I I imagine he did uh, do some suspension work to it because uh, once I got it back, the the bars rolled into my lap, and I've never seen the thing so stiff. Um, but uh, that's the name of the game when you're going that fast. Yeah, yeah, that, that he's he's definitely fast. I I've worked just a little bit out at SOBMX, and I, man, he he is just flat out fast. It's hard to believe he isn't in first place every race, you know. Absolutely, the kid's got the speed, and it's only a matter of time before he's uh, knocking down podium performances. Uh, just needs some consistency out there. That's the biggest thing for Jimmy D. Yeah, I think so. And you know the stuff he's doing right now down in. Uh, Australia, he won uh, the first two rounds of that Supercross series, and he's going to hopefully just rip him up again tomorrow night. So I think that's really a good foundation, and he'll build his confidence, you know, for the 16 East Coast series. Oh, a hundred percent. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge, huge proponent of, of, uh, confidence in motocross racers. Um, these guys, they grow up, they're winning all the time. They, they've got like, they're, they're picking up the trophies, the, the purse money, this, that, and the other thing. And, uh, once you get to the pros, uh, if, if, if the wins don't come right away, it can be a huge hit to your confidence and a huge hit to, uh, the way you do business at the track. And I think it was a huge plus for him to come up to Canada, collect some moto wins collect some overall wins and then again now to go to australia get those winning ways back and uh that should help him um kind of get get back to uh the jimmy we're uh, used to seeing uh pre-2011 when uh, he had some knee issues there and uh yeah they wish all the best for uh, jimmy d rolling forward yeah no doubt the, the international ripoff that's right, the International Ripple, all the way up here in uh, uh, the 204 and all the way down, uh, way down under, uh, as he would probably say. Yeah, instead of down. So um, getting back to, to the Slagger, the, this, uh, this device uh, retails at uh, just shy of $140 at uh, $139.99, uh, available on uh motool.co and uh you can go check that out and uh and do some online shopping there and um right on the site i uh, the thing that jumps off the page to me is that uh both motocross action mag- magazine and thumper talk gave it a five out of five star rating and and by that when they give that uh 
rating to any product, that means not only did the, the product do exactly what it was supposed to do, that uh, at the price point, the uh, the people who were reviewing it thought that that's a 100% appropriate uh, price tag to put on that. So uh, from all facets, you seem to have hit the nail on the head when it comes to the slacker. Yeah, and I, you know, that's kind of crazy. It's all, it's all been a long shot, honestly. Like, as I, you know, I said earlier, it's been a big learning curve for me uh, to get to where I'm at because I'm actually a recovering IT person. And uh, so, you know, I just, I felt like it was a good product. I felt it was something that, that uh, you know, an adjustment that was, you know, sorely overlooked in the, in the sport. And I figured if I could make it easy and make it easy so you, you could just do it yourself at any point in time, uh, that that it would be successful, but you know, it honestly was all a guess. I'm not a real big, uh, I'm not good with like market research and a lot of this stuff. It was kind of just jump off the cliff and and pray, you know. Absolutely, and um, do, doing so with a with a great product is is a little bit less daunting than most, but uh, still a kind of a leap of faith, if you will. And um, it, it seems to have worked out well for you. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I'm, I'm real proud. You know, everything that's happened, I still got a long way to go. At least I have a lot that I want to do with it. Um, you know, I'm getting ready to move into the uh, sport and street bikes this winter. I was actually just talking to my sourcing company this morning, uh, so I'm just waiting on getting some samples and then moving into the, you know, street side of things too. So I, I couldn't be more happy with the the progress that I've made in the last year since. You know, we just released that thing last December. And it's got a really good momentum. I've actually just got my next batch of uh, 3,000 just left Long Beach today that are headed for my warehouse. So we've made a lot, a lot of progress in a year. That's incredible to hear. And it, as I, I only started hearing about uh, the Slacker just last year when uh, you started promo, uh, supporting the, the Barn Pros team and uh, did a little bit of research into it and found out a little bit more. And um, it, it's a great product. Um, more and as the year went on, you see more and more factory teams and just and different different riders using this product on a regular basis, and it, it's it's really useful to them. In fact, uh, the the owner of one of the uh, the the most successful, two of the most successful motocross facilities in Southern California, Jimmy Sloan, uses this on his bikes and his riders' bikes. Um, it's got to be cool to see your product in the hands of basically uh, most of the the riders down in the mecca of motocross. Yeah, you know it, it's awesome. You know when you're talking about uh, Jimmy Sloan and that Arma team, I mean that's a been that was like the biggest break of the year for me is to be a part of that team and be able to work with such a you know an amazing team and uh it you know it's really kind of crazy how how much it's taken off we did that ultimate amateur series out there and uh you know for 2015 i guess they just announced that the 2016 one they just posted dates for that so i'm really excited so you know i i try to get out there as much as i can hang out with jimmy and aaron and uh you know Paul and his kid Josh Faris, and uh, I really enjoy hanging out there, and it's it's really amazing to see a big team use it. I I get a lot of pushback, not a lot, but I get the guy that's always uh, you know for the guy that doesn't have any friends thinking the tools only for like a person that doesn't have somebody to help them. But honestly, the the teams love it. It's actually way faster and way more accurate than a tape measure, and it takes less people. So you know the mechanic can just hold the bike by the back tire make sure that the rider's sitting in the right place, bounce it, settle the suspension, look right at the numbers. So 
you know, the teams are, are really catching on. I've got it on a couple. I've got it on the Arm Energy RG9 Yamaha team for 2016. I uh, were on the Barnpro's Home Depot team. And then, you know, I actually just got a picture from a, a friend that was out at the ISDE in Slovakia. And KTM Factory Off-Road is now using it. They used it for Team USA out there. And they, they just went and bought it off the website. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's that that's a testament to uh to to the product right there because um yeah, it just sees like a, a company like that or a team like that just going out and saying, "Hey, we need that product for our uh for our day-to-day use. Let's go get it." Yeah, I was I was pretty impressed. In fact, it was uh Caleb Russell was the one that ordered it. I noticed that in March that I got an order from he was one of the first people uh it, you know, early in the year, he was one of my earlier customers, and I noticed that. And then when my friend Ross uh, Mallory with Trail Jesters, he runs a team out there, and uh, he sent me a picture. He was the only one with one last year, and then this year, it was stuck on their toolbox and just had uh, KTM USA Sharpie on it. So I was, I, we were both a little confused, but he said, yeah, they just went on the website and picked one up for the team. That's awesome. And, like, uh, from – from your standpoint, uh, between the uh, the resounding reviews from from the magazines and the publications on the internet and the the, the, the newsprint, uh, as well as uh, different teams picking it up on, on their own volition, how does that make you feel as a uh, as a as a business owner? Oh, you know, it, it's good. This has been a honestly a terrifying ride. You know, if I look back, it's like, wow, I can't believe I've done this. And if I look forward, it's like. A lot of the times it's sheer terror. It's been a lot of stress, a lot of uh, sleepless nights. You know, it's just kind of been into the abyss for me. Once I sold that, uh, you know, my, my dad, right after I, I invented that prototype, my dad passed away and uh, in the end of 2012, and I just decided I was going to go full in on Moto and try to do something really positive, uh, you know, with my later years. I'm 47, so I'm getting up there and... Uh, so I wanted to do something more positive than just fix computers and networks. And uh, so it's really been a leap of faith for me. And to see that going on, I mean, I, I can't even tell you, like, how excited and proud I am and, and how grateful I am to all the people that have helped me get through the last year and make the right connections in the industry. That's awesome to see, man. And it's it's only got to be encouraging for uh, for things to move forward. And that's uh, where I, what I wanted to touch on next. What what's to come for for Motul, and uh, what have you got coming down the pipe for us uh, in years to come? Well, you know, right now I mentioned I'm I'm going into the street side of things that's into right. uh, you know into the sport and street bikes. Like right now, my main focus is I'm getting geared up for the 2016 Supercross season. Uh, you know, getting ready for that ultimate amateur series. We always have fun at that. And then getting my sponsorship stuff together, which I'm actually a little bit late on, but for uh, for uh, 2016, get, getting my program together. You know, and then beyond that, I, I've actually got a, a few other products that I'm interested in doing, but I just financially can't do right now because uh, I'm still trying to get this beast on its feet. But I do have a you know, a spring preload ring that would actually work more as a clicker. It would work more like your clickers on your uh, compression damping. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm, I'm working on that, but I don't have the money to do the engineering right now. And then I've also got some other hardware. Uh, you know, most of the things I'd be doing would be based around, uh, you know, ha- actually having a, a good handling bike. 
Perfect. So uh, it looks, it sounds like some some great things coming down the pipe, as well as uh, just just keep it keeping going with the uh, the slacker and uh, and and keeping that going as as far as we can. Uh, for those who want to get more information on it and want to uh, follow you on social media, at Motul MX, I believe is uh, is is your uh, your social media. You got it. Motul MX, both Instagram and Twitter. And uh, for those who want to, uh, if you're listening to this, chances are you're probably already on the internet. If you're not listening to this on the podcast app uh, on your iPhone, uh, you can head over to www.motool.co and uh, check out products right there. And uh, boom, the slacker is available. Uh, you can put it in your cart and you can be off and on your way. There's a 30, 30 day money back guarantee and 30, uh, 30 day, uh, free shipping, uh, in the U S of A. So, uh, that's two really exciting things that, uh, you offer. And, uh, what, uh, what are the reasons do you need to go get yourself, uh, a, a moto motul slacker digital sag scale and, uh, take control of your ride. Yeah, no doubt. I think that, you know, if you have people who spend 1200 bucks on a titanium pipe on a 450, they don't need, but, uh, we'll put the time or effort into their suspension. It just doesn't make sense, man. Suspension's the key, you know? Exactly, exactly. And, uh, like, many people will say, uh, no better investment than investing in the suspension that you have, that you have and, and making it better. And, uh, uh, you allow these people to do so. It's great. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You know, I find even with the with the stock suspension, uh, as long as you set the tag and get it set up right, it, it can be about as good as anything for you know even a B class rider. And uh, I think just a lot of people uh, emphasize a lot of bling, and that stuff's cool. But you know, when it comes down to it, if the bike doesn't handle good, you're not going to have good lap times, and you're just going to waste a lot of energy on a bad bike setup. There you go. Now. Uh... Johnny, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I love having you on the show, man. Uh, it was great to get some info, and I uh, wish you all the best with uh, with Motul and uh, the Slacker going forward. Uh, don't don't uh, hang up the phone just yet, but for podcast sake, we'll leave it right there. Right on, yeah, and, and thanks to you and having me on the Big MX. I was really excited when you hit me up last week, so uh, thank you very much for having me on. Perfect, and we'll get you that logo uh, to make sure you can uh, get yourself a graphic made up. Right on. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.